Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. And once again, thank you for listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am the slightly out of breath because I'm unfit and have to run up the stairs because I was running late, Sai. And <laughs> with me, as always, he is the cruiserweight title to my light heavyweight title. Not that either of us could actually make the weight limit. He is... <laughs> he is... <laughs> The Japanese buzzsaw to my lame-ass hacksaw, Ho. Um, he is also a podcaster who says, rather Tajiri's missed in the face than a fist in his special place. Mr. Mags, how are we doing, sir? I am doing doing really well. Jesus Christ, I could make that uh, light heavyweight limit twice over, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, due to lockdown and my... Um, well, my lack of movement, my, my terrible eating habits, my terrible drinking habits. This is the heaviest I've ever been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, I feel not, you, mate. I absolutely feel you. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. I mean, put it into context. I, I just explained to Max before I pressed record then. The day kind of got away with, away from me today. I was, I was speaking to somebody on the phone. Um, I was making a few notes to sort of have, have the format ready for the show. That's right. Believe it or not, some prep does go into this. We don't just press record. <laughs> uh, we don't just press record and wing it, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and before I knew it, it was two minutes to seven. So straight away, I'm like, oh, street, I need to get upstairs and set my laptop up and get ready to record with Mags. So I had to grab all my bits and balls, ran upstairs, then realised I didn't have my drink, so I had to run back downstairs to get my drink. And then I had to run back upstairs again. The whole time I'm dodging Lemmy, who for some reason has been an absolute dickhead today. Um, I'm treading on cat biscuits on the steps, barefoot, so that hurts like hell. They're like little miniature brown Legos. That's fantastic. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm now sitting here, a few minutes gone past the normal recording time we have of 7 o'clock, gasping for breath because I'm incredibly unfit. It's it's the laugh we lead as wrestling fans and podcasters. That's the standard look for us. <laughs> we, have yeah. to be, we have to be long-haired, unfit, and also late to every recording. It's, simple, it, it's, it's how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the long hair and stuff, it's it, I've noticed 
with my ever expanding build and my my beer gut and the fact that my beard has come back through again since shaving off for a job interview and then i've got to a stage now where i don't tie my hair up properly um i just literally chuck it in like a, a like a just literally chuck a band on it to get it out of my face yeah lazily because i'm not going anywhere i started to look a little bit like the, the guy in the simpsons who owns the comic book store <laughs> worst episode ever yeah yeah and i'm thinking the amount i've been drinking during this lockdown i'm probably gonna be turning yellow you know soon too so it's like, yeah so i'm sort of looking wow. at it i'm thinking i think i need to make some some life altering decisions here i can't carry on like this much longer but hopefully with lockdowns coming to an end very soon you know the way it's looking um i can make those slight alterations and hopefully not turn into a yellow guy from the simpsons with a big belly and a crappy ponytail so <laughs> It sounds to me like living the dream, if that's what you've become. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, on the plus side, I, 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 as far as I know, got a job. Nymax, I, I yes, uh, you did. Uh, let, let everyone know because uh, one of the, the the best things about this is is like the the kind of like the insight we get to each other's like personal lives, and I've really gone on this journey with you about uh, kind of like securing work and 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 stuff like that so yeah i'll be interested to to hear the details yeah i mean basically i I applied for this role a while back i didn't hear nothing bad didn't think nothing of it and then i got a random email um well no actually i didn't i got a text believe it or not saying um am i still interested in this role I responded yes because you know again agency work is is not been suitable at all. I'm in and out of work, day here, day there. It's no good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just said yes, and she messaged back saying, "When can I go in for an interview?" She's read through my CV and thinks it's great and so on. Um. And basically, it's ended up with with me going in the next day, and then they got hold of me again the day after to say, "Do I want the job?" So I was like, "Well, yes, very much, please." So yeah. I'm waiting Whip. for. The bank holidays to be done and dusted, um, and then early next week, or early this week, sorry, I will find out my actual days and shifts and so on. And it's basically um, similar to what I was doing before, where I was working before I got laid off because of the whole coronavirus situation. It's a warehouse with car parts and so on. So it's very much going back into what I'd done for quite a few years previously, but going in as opposed to where I was kind of running the place there, going in bottom rung i guess but it's fine because it's work and it's a situation i'm familiar with mm-hmm. and there's gonna be more hours available when they're busy uh, and so on so i'm just i'm just happy to be uh to be back working buddy yeah i can i can totally get how frustrating it's been for you and and and, and like the, the i mean, not i know full well the, the effort you've put in and 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 the it's just the the dice haven't gone your way unfortunately but i'm glad that you've got something that you're uh, that you're you're confident with and you and you know you can do it and and it's and most of all it's it's regular income which is at, at this time of the year uh, it's essential so yeah good on you mate yeah no I appreciate that but it is it is a it is a big thing for me and my family to be in that situation like yeah. I said it's it's the actual contract to start was advertised as being part time hours but she said about more going over time and the longer i stay there and so on so hopefully it'll all balance out but it's, it's actually with the company as opposed to through an agency so that yeah. makes a, a big difference to me you know because you're, you're more, I'm more hopefully not going to be messed around as much so 
Yeah, exactly, and and and, and the fact that you know it's it's uh, permanent and it's it's working for the company, and you know that you're not going to get that phone call uh, the day of, oh, you're not wanted today, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you don't have that that worry. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, really, really proud of you, mate. Yeah, cheers, buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, how's your week been, mate? Any any news? Anything exciting? Or has it just been the same old, same old? It's 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 been. All, I mean, we we had a little bit of clement weather this week, so yeah. Uh, we uh, me and the family we bought um, a bouncy castle for the grandkids, and uh, the first grandkid, Fia, she hated it. Screams right. their head off. I uh, didn't want to go on it. Uh, Lexa, who is normally the more uh, kind of that like, um, nervy uh, of the of the the two older grand granddaughters, uh, she's normally the weary one. Oh, she loved it straight on. Bounce, bounce, bounce. So yeah, that uh, that got a lot of uh, abuse. And I've spent the last day or so trying to uh, increase my knowledge of whiskey because I. The wife has bought me a, a whiskey stand uh, for the for the bottle, so it looks posh. And I thought I can't keep having uh, like Jameson's or uh, wine Macau whiskey. I've got to look classy, so I've been looking at uh, maybe increasing my whiskey knowledge. Uh, okay, I mean, whiskey isn't something that I know a great deal about. Um, I, I I don't mind a bit of whiskey here and there, but I'm, I'm not a massive fan, to be honest. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's changed as I've got older. I've not tried it in quite a while. Perhaps I should give it a go again. But uh, it's not really something that I I went for in previous years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is that is that something you you really enjoy then, Max? Is it? it it's something that I've um, I've kind of like grown into. Um, I used to be like a, a cider bloke. Uh, if it got to spirits, it was vodka. Um, mm-hmm. And and then like over the last say the last decade or so, of, like, whether it's a changing palate, a changing taste, just growing up, I suppose, uh, I've kind of like shifted onto um, uh, whiskies, and I've I've stuck with like the 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 general ones that people know, like I said, Jamesons, uh, Jack Daniels. Um, I've never really kind of strayed away, and then uh, recently, I, I, I obviously got the the Conor McGregor one as a as a gift uh, uh, a bit ago for Christmas, and uh, it, it's kind of like. I started like understanding the different flavors and the different kind of back notes and the smells that you get from whiskey. And it's really kind of piqued my interest. Uh, so I've tried a few different ones and, and can like, I've got to the point where now I can kind of tell the difference where, um, before it was literally just a whiskey is a whiskey is a whiskey. They all t- tend to taste the same. Now I'm getting to that point where I can I can uh, distinguish between them. And yeah, I'm, I think I'm an expert now, so I need to uh, man up and uh, and uh, get, get some uh, decent branded whiskies in. Um, so I was I'm doing a bit of research yesterday, uh, just as we were doing uh, the red, just before we were doing radio techers and. I found this website called Masters of Malt, and you know there's a bottle of whiskey that is uh, 58 years old, so it's uh, aged really well, and it's it's 60,000 pounds a bottle. Whoa. So you got two, yeah? <laughs> yeah, one for Saturday, <laughs> one for Sunday. <laughs> no, it just scanned us out there thinking 25 quid is, is, is a stretch. Mm. And then blokes are out there paying 60, 60 quid. You can get a sample, which is like uh, three um, centiliters, which is just over a, a single shot. 
and that was like seven hundred quid. Jesus. Yeah, for a, for a single. So that's, what, that's insane. I, I've got a way to go yet before I'm uh, I'm up there, but yeah, it's just something I've I've, I've kind of like. I get these little obsessions, uh, and this is the current one. Seven hundred quid for a shot, man. That's that's mental. I complain about the prices of going out for a drink when we sort of cross the yeah. cross the bypass and go to Cheltenham. You know, <laughs> <laughs> our, our slightly more posh neighbours. Three so, quid I mean, a pound, bloody yeah. rip off. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, prices are ridiculous anyway. You can see why pubs are dying out, can't you? But it's yeah. tax, I suppose, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Ah, okay, okay. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I don't want to um, sort of go too much into details about what we're currently drinking. I think there's enough podcasts around at the moment that do that, Mags, isn't there? Yeah, hey? I don't want to be stepping on anybody toes, wink, wink, bang, bang, wink, Ooh. wink, unbooking the territory. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to get involved in it. We're going to be like Switzerland. We're going to be neutral. <laughs> yeah, that's, a mo- that's a Monday night war I am not interested in, in being part of. No, definitely not, mate. Definitely not. Um, speaking of Bang Bang and UTT Rob's podcast and so on, people that we speak to on Twitter, etc. Um, should we go to Twitter, Mags, and have a little look at some of the things that we've had this week? Let's do that, sir. How's how that for a segue? Eh? That was good, wasn't it? I know. Professional. I didn't even know you were going there. It's such a professional. I'm a, honestly, I'm amazed myself sometimes. <laughs> but that's me done for the rest of the show. I'm going to be crap for the rest of it. It's. <laughs> Yeah, so on Twitter this week, our additional topic, I guess, as, as we refer to it as sometimes, we were looking for your song cover versions, uh, your musical cover versions, whether they be good, bad, embarrassing, whatever, really. Um, purely because something popped up on my Facebook the other day. Somebody shared the video um, of Metallica doing the Finn Lizzy track, Whiskey in a Jar. And it's a great cover version. And I kind of got something going in my head a little bit. And I remember us our discussion on last week's episode of Chain Wrestling about Celine Dion and the fact that she covered an ACDC song and may she burn in hell for that. Um, but it, it kind of snowboard from there. And that's where we've ended up on the topic that we have today. Um, yeah, Max, I mean, cover versions and so on for, for yourself. Is there any that stand out particularly to you as being brilliant or awful? Um, yeah, um, when you, uh, when you mentioned this topic on Twitter, this one just hit with me straight away. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a music buff, but I like a lot of different styles of music. And one of the things that I do like is, is other people making their own versions of, of someone else's song. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a, a friend on, uh, Twitter called, uh, John Orland and he's, um, he's actually made a, a full kind of Spotify playlist of, of just, tons and tons of great uh cover tracks from uh from other artists and um yeah it's just i, I love going to listen to just that that whole playlist and uh, have it on in the background and yeah you can really discover that the way people can interpret a song it just it it blows my mind how one person who, who, who created the song has a, one singular vision for it and then someone else can come along and, and totally transform it and make it into something totally different. It's really kind of a mind-boggling and, and really talented for me. Um, so some that stand out for me, um, I like a, a track called uh, uh, by the, the Future Heads called Hounds of Love, originally done by Kate Bush. I think that's a, a really good kind of a take on... on 
a, a very unique song with Kate Bush in it. Um, then there's a full album. You, you know the band Weezer? Yes. A couple of years ago, they released an album called The Teal Album, where they, it was literally just an album full of cover versions. Um, so they've done uh, Africa's, um, they've done Everybody Wants to Rule the World, they've done Sweet Dreams, uh, they've done Take On Me, uh, No Scrubs from uh, from TLC, which is uh, an interesting one, uh, Billie Jean, uh, they did Stand By Me, so that that if you into cover versions, that's a a really a really good album to 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 listen to. Then I like a couple that Mark Ronson has done. He did a a, a Smiths track called Stop Me. If you if you've heard this one before, that's a, a banging tune. Uh, I like Mark Ronson's take on that. And then a couple of um, to finish up, a couple of Oasis ones. Uh, they did a, a cover of I Am the Walrus Live, which is. Yeah. Uh, just outstanding, and then uh, for the release of um, Don't Look Back in Anger, they did a cover of Slade's Come On, Feel the Noise, and it's just an absolute bop of a track. It's just, yeah. it's one of those that just gets you that, that banging away, yeah, so yeah, they're, they're somewhat really stand out to me. I bloody love a bit of Slade, you know. Mm-hmm. I love Slade. So Oasis. underappreciated. Oh yeah, everyone. A lot of people just go, "Oh, it's a Christmas record." A Christmas record. That's all it is. But no, absolutely fantastic, Slade. Um, Oasis also did a cover of uh, "You Got to Hide Your Love Away" by the Beatles, mm-hmm. which is a beat track. That's one of my favourite Beatles tracks, and I, I think that's a really, really good cover as well. Um, you say about albums that are. I actually mentioned the Weezer album first of all, sort of Weezer album, wasn't it? Sorry, um, <laughs> that you mentioned. Yeah, that 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 cover of Toto Africa. Yeah, that was played like every hour on I think it's Absolute Radio or something like that. Um, yeah. In one of the jobs that I had, and it honestly, it got to a stage where I thought this is a really cool cover. After a week, I wanted to kill even myself, <laughs> stab yourself in, the smash ears. the radio, track down <laughs> Weezer and kill them. Or, or, oh God, it drove me batty, which is a real shame because I thought it was a great cover. But you speak about um, albums that are predominantly, you know, literally all cover versions. Um, as most people know, my my wheelhouse, I guess, when it comes to music, is very much in the the sort of rock stroke metal side of things, um, and quite a bit of it is, is more old school. Um, I like when rock and metal bands cover songs that are not rock and metal originally, if that makes sense. Um, and you've got an album by Motorhead, one of my own, one of my personal favourite bands, called Undercover. And they've got um, again. It's a whole album of covers, and some are a bit of a, a bit of a dodgy ground, a bit of a miss. But they do a really good cover of "God Save the Queen" by the Sex Pistols, um, and they do. And this is I'm going to say some things during this little segment of our show, Max, that are going to upset some people. I know it, and I'm going to apologise in advance if it upsets people. But I'm going to say some things that are going to upset people about original versions not being as good as certain covers, and I'm probably going to upset some people when I say no, that shite when they like it or, or whatever. But Heroes by David Bowie. Absolutely fantastic record. I love it. The Motorhead version, man, is better. It is so, so good. The Noel Gallagher ab- version is also incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, another favourite band of mine is the American rock band Wasp. Okay. They haven't done an album of covers, but they do tend to have... I'd, I'd say probably on three quarters of their albums they have a cover on there and then they have a lot of covers as b-tracks and so on um i've got a few here they did a really good cover of paint it black by the rolling stones um a really good cover of burn by deep purple 
they did a cover of When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin, which I think is better than the original because I just never got Zeppelin, as we discovered the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one for me, though, is they did The Real Me, which I believe was a Who song originally. The Wasp version, again, I think is better than the original. On the other side of the coin, they did Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton John. They did a cover of that. Oh, my God, it makes me want to vomit. It is terrible. <laughs> And bear in mind, I love Wasp. I absolutely adore Wasp, but this is just freaking dog dirt, man. It is terrible stuff. Terrible, terrible stuff. Um, but the people we are more interested in, their opinions, are those who message into the show. Uh, we've had an absolutely brilliant response yet again. Thank you so, so much to everyone who tweeted at chain underscore wrestling in response to this. Um there's quite a few. So first of all, if I read yours out and don't always give your Twitter handle, I apologize. If I don't read yours out at all, again, I apologize. And we're going to have to get through these quite quickly because we don't want to be doing a three-hour show on cover versions uh, <laughs> when we've actually got a bit of wrestling I mean, to talk about. I, I happily would. But it, <laughs> this is primarily a wrestling podcast. Well, that's it. Perhaps we could have a spin-off. You know, yeah. just talking about cover songs. <laughs> what I thought we'd do, Mags, is I would just literally scan through them in the order we received them on Twitter. Um, and then we can just very quickly say, yeah, like that. Nope, that's shite, get in the bin. Or nope, not heard that, I'll have to check it out, yeah? Sounds good. Okay. Um, very early to respond to us, which was great, literally within minutes of the posts going up on Twitter. Um, Griffin K, at Griffin K1 on Twitter. Uh, so some covers to think about. A Hazy Shade of Winter. I don't think I know that one, do I? Yep, not heard that. Um, Under the Bridge. Bah, who, who's the cover, though? Because it's been covered a couple of times. I think it got covered, I think, by All Saints, which is uh, uh, an interesting yeah. version. Is that the Red Hot Chili Peppers record? Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, all along the watchtower, that was uh, oh, Hendrix covered that. Yeah, Hendrix uh, made that his own. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You can't hurry love. Now that's is that a Phil Collins record? It is. Um, I wonder who did the cover of that. That'll be interesting to listen to. Mm. Um, also, you can't hurry love. Was is it the one that the the video with the Ultimate Warrior in? Have you seen that? With the oh, the Phil Collins video with the Ultimate Warrior in. Yeah, have you never seen that? No, I've never seen that. Oh, mate. I don't think I have. I'll I'll send it to you when we're done recording, and I will also tag it on the bottom of the episode when it comes out, in case anyone else hasn't seen it. I'll I'll put the the link up so you see this video. I think it was a charity record, and they wanted somebody from the WWF to be involved. Um, and at the so time, they said Warrior. So the Warrior was champion at the time, so they, they had Warrior. And basically, it, it, the Ultimate Warrior's in the ring with Phil Collins as he's singing this song. Uh, it may not be this actual one, but it's a Phil Collins track anyway. And he's, he's basically beating up Phil Collins. But the best bit is, at the very, very beginning, Warrior has stood there in full gear, title belt, hair done, the whole shebang dancing and bopping along with Phil Collins. Yeah, it's it's wow. glorious. I'll send you the link as soon as we're done, Mags. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, and lastly, The Man Who Stole the World, sold the world, which is... Uh, Bowie. Again. Yeah, covered by Nirvana when they did their Unplugged in New York set. And I really, really like that cover. That's, that's a brilliant cover a, as well. A great shout, yeah. I mean, another... Going back to Nirvana, one that I, I should have really mentioned, and I don't think it got mentioned on Twitter, was... Uh, Tori Amos covering uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, I don't think I know that either. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, it's, it's haunting. 
the way she she uh, it's totally nothing like the original at all. It's it's piano and like a really kind of slowed down voice. Oh, she's she kills it. Oh, so I, I'm going to end up listening back to this episode, making notes and putting together my own playlist. I think. <laughs> Same, <yeah. laughs> um, Bert Macklin also very quick to respond at Bert yeah. Macklin. Bert Macklin eleven. Um, where he says, when I think of a great cover song, I think of Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower. And yeah, absolute banger. It's the epitome of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Five Nerds Go, Camacho Man. I've got no yeah. idea what that is. Okay, so there's a story behind this, and I knew this one was coming up. So, um, you know Sunita? Do you yes. remember? Right, so she did a song called Macho Man. Okay, yeah. Right, so what, what Camacho Man is, um, um, do you, you know Girls of Destiny? Yes. Uh, there's a wrestler there, Tangaloa. Mm-hmm. He had a spell in WWE as uh, the wrestler Camacho. Okay. And uh, Camacho Man is uh, is Matt from Five Nerds' rendition of, of Macho Man, but with Macho taken out for Camacho. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, he's done it quite a few times on his on the Five Nerds podcast, but he's also done it on a couple of others. Uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to it, it's uh, it's something. It's certainly something. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Our good buddy Rob at UTT Rob. Um, he says bizarre, but the first cover that came into his head was Dizzy, the Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff version. Oh, I can, I can remember that being out. Yeah, I can remember that being. It got quite high in the charts, didn't it? I think it got to number one. I'm sure it did. Uh, that's a, a great cover. Mm, Another one yeah. as well that makes you think that that is better than the original. Yes. Yes. Um, we had a lot of love for Disturbed um, from Twitter mags. We have at Scott WWEF1, Scott Robertson, mm-hmm. um, saying they do a brilliant cover of Land of Confusion. Okay. And they do. It's absolutely brilliant. It is fantastic. I mean, Disturbed do a few different covers, and they are really, really good. Well worth checking out if you've not heard them before. Um, absolutely. Uh, at Carry the Gary, GH, um, he says, great covers, Boys of Summer by the Ataras. I'm not familiar with that one. I, I mean, I know the original. I'd have not heard the, the cover. I'd be one I'd be definitely going to check out. Um, Mad World by Gary Jules. Yeah, great one. Lake of Fire by Nirvana. Yeah, that is a banger. I know that it one. It is. Yeah. Um, White Lines by Duran Duran. Don't think I know mm. that. Um, um, I, th- I honestly thought that that was the original. Oh, okay. I can't pass any comment because I, I have no idea what that is. I'm going to check that out as well. I'm going to come across as really opinionated, but also really, really ill-informed when it comes to it. <laughs> uh, uneducated and uncultured, I think, during this. Um Word Up by Gun. Yeah, that is brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. And a lot better than the Mel... Was it Mel B version? She did a version of it, and that, that stank. Oh, man. My mind's probably... My mind must have blocked that out. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. Uh, Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, that's good. I enjoy that. Yeah, that is a bot. And the video's good as well. Yeah. And a bad cover, uh, he says here, is Under the Bridge by All Saints. That's the second appearance we've had that pop up. Um, it was terrible. Yes, it was. Uh, good cop, bad cop at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. Um, they sent a video here that I will reshare when the episode comes out of Limp Biscuit versus Thomas the Tank Engine doing break stuff. 
So yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. I'll have to reshare that when the the video comes out. Um, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Sorry, sorry, Max. I was saying that sounds interesting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, more from Good Cop, Bad Cop. Jimi Hendrix doing the Star Spangled Banner anthem live. Um, it's been done quite a few times since, hasn't it? A guitarist playing it as a solo. Yeah. I believe Zach Wilde from Black Label Society has done a version and so on. But yeah, Hendrix is just amazing, isn't he? Yeah, it, it was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, another here from Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Uh, he says, apparently this is a hot take. But run by Leona Lewis is way better than Snow Patrol's original. Okay, uh, it's not only is it a hot take; it's a, a terrible take from an account that has many, many terrible takes. That may be the worst one they've ever had. Um, <laughs> the Snow Patrol version is a, a million times better than the Leona Lewis version. They should be ashamed that they've said that. Wow, you're fired up. <laughs> that, that's annoying me. <laughs> Raymond, Matt, you are in the bad books. I don't know either version, so again, I'm going to have to check. I've got so much fun tonight after I've listened back to this and, and going to look all these songs up. Um, our good buddy Dan Griffin, at DanGriffin21. Hiya, Dan. Hope you're well. We have Wheatus cover of A Little Respect. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Stereophonics cover of Handbags and Gladrags. Yeah, classic. Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. Yeah, that is that is superb. That's much better than the original. Yeah. Um, Muse's cover of Feeling Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like a, a. I'm not a massive Muse fan. I like a, a few of their tracks, but that's one of them that is pretty good. Mm. Miley Cyrus cover of Jolene. Now, I've not heard the Cyrus version, but. You can uh, get I, in the bin. Yeah, you, can, you can't beat a bit of Dolly, can you? Mm-hmm. Um, Lenny Kravitz cover of American Woman. Yeah, I like that. It's a good one. Sinead O'Connor's cover of Nothing Compares to You. I didn't realise that was a cover. Yeah, again, another one that uh, that she's took the song and, and basically made it her own. Mm, yeah. Um, and another one here for, from Dan as well. A bit more love for Disturbed covering Sound of Silence. And again, that is fantastic. A brilliant cover mm-hmm. version by Disturbed again. Yep. Um, Bang Bang Podcast. Andy hey. at Bang Bang Podcast on Twitter. Land of Confusion by Disturbed again. Um, this one is it wouldn't have entered my mind and he's spot on it's a brilliant cover version uh, Kurt Angle singing he's just a sexy Kurt on Smackdown <laughs> that time fantastic ah, cover version that was brilliant he'll make your ankle hurt yeah exactly um, Saint Etienne only love can break your heart don't think wow. I know that yeah Saint Etienne was like a, a mid 90s kind of like Brit poppy-esque band I don't think there was around for that long but I, I vaguely remember that it's one that I'll have to go back and kind of refresh my memory on Take the Skinheads Bowling by the Mannix okay uh, that's a, that will be one Paul Toller uh, loves because he loves anything Manic Street Bridges but yeah I can't say I know that one and Bizarre Love Triangle by Frente I think that is no that's totally I have absolutely no clue no, nor do I. Again, we'll have to look all these up and maybe report back on a future episode, magazine and let people know what we think. Yeah. Um, Interstate Wrestling Podcast at IS Wrestling Pod. 
Travis covering Baby One More Time. Now, they sent a YouTube link to us um, on Twitter when they sent us this suggestion. And I actually did listen to it when it arrived, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. like, I like, I like that song anyway. It's a real proper, catchy pop tune. But the, the Travis cover, I thought, was great. It is a great cover. Uh, Travis is one of, uh, one of those kind of really underrated bands where uh, I'll go on Spotify and I'll just put on a Travis album and, and, and it just wiles away the hours because mm. they're, they're so, so good. Um, Philip Goad, at Goad Philip on Twitter. Counting Crows, hard to handle. Mm, interesting. I don't think I know that one. No, I, th- I think they did a, co- a cover of Mr. Jones as well, if I remember right, the Counting Crows. Okay. But, but yeah, I've not heard the, the, the first one you mentioned. Uh, no Doubt, It's My Life. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I don't. It's not a, it's not a good one. No. No. Okay, I'll skip that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Higher Ground by the Chili Peppers. And I'm not a big Chili Peppers fan, as I've said before. So That's a hot, spicy take. It is, mate. It is not as hot as me saying, as a rock fan, that I don't get Zeppelin. That always gets me a reaction. But the Chili yeah. is like the second one down for me. I, I don't, I've never really... I don't know if it's the crossover into more sort of... Um, I don't know how you'd word it. Maybe a bit of funk in there or whatever. But it's not really my my cup of tea, to be fair. Well, I think you're wrong. Uh, uh, Other Side may be the most beautifully haunting track that has ever been written. And so you you, you take your hot take and put it in the bin. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I, don't, I just like all of it. There's, there's some tracks I do really enjoy. But... No, stick with your stick with your uh, viewpoint now, Simon. You're not changing your tune now, right, you red-hot chilli pepper hater. Fine, <laughs> fuck the cheers. Up all sense. There we go. All right. <laughs> um, Handy T1TF, uh, a good supporter of the show, a, a great bloke, uh, someone I speak to quite a bit on Twitter. Thank you for listening and taking the time to message, my friend. Um, he says the best cover, in his opinion, is Simple Man by Shinedown. He grew up a huge fan of the original, but thinks the remake is even better. Now, this for me is it was was a difficult one because Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. Again, I, I listened to that. I must listen to that. I reckon every other day at least. I love that record, live versions, anything. And I checked out the Shine Down version that Handy has suggested here. And I'll tell you what, Handy, I would, I'm not hundred percent sure I'm being better than the original. But it's up there. It's re- I really enjoyed it, my friend. Well, that, that's good. I mean, it, this this whole kind of topic has been really good at like opening your eyes and, and and getting some perhaps some new uh, music in your in your rotation. So if it's been able to do that, then good on it. I mean, I I don't know if I can't remember the Shine Down version uh, if I've heard it or not. So I will have to go on and listen to it. But yeah, I don't. I, I really don't mind the the original. Yeah, the original's brilliant. I mean, Skinner are fantastic anyway. But, mm-hmm. um, MGB Mason at MGB Wrestling Pod. Hiya, Mason. How you doing, buddy? Um, he says, this is painful for my dad to type, but the Crazy Frog remixes are all better <laughs> than the originals. <laughs> A little oh, bit of context for people listening there. Um, Mason is how old, Mags? 13, is he, some, is he younger uh, than that? He may be thirteen. I think he started podcasting when he was when he was like ten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah probably so, about thirteen now. 
Yeah, so his, his dad obviously helps him run the the Twitter account for his show. So that's why he's saying there it's painful for his dad to type um, his thoughts <laughs> on that. Um, I only really know the one Crazy Frog song, and that's the one that they that they did from um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, the Axel F one. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. That's Any version that's that's as much of it as you're getting. I'll just, I'll just sample it and put it on a loop, mate. <laughs> just have a loop. <laughs> Two-hour loop. No, yeah. any Crazy Frog song is is absolutely gatch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you say what you really think, Mags? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad take, Mason, and uh, for that I may have to block you on Twitter. <laughs> what are you on about? Is it, you're only saying that because he's probably blocked you already. <laughs> yeah, it would not surprise me. <laughs> Him and CM Punk. <laughs> and Austin. And Austin, yeah. <laughs> um, and MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter said that 25 years ago ish, people believed that the Mike Flowers Pops version of Wonder War was the original and Oasis had done a cover of it. No one in the world ever believed that. Well, I, don't know. I, I didn't believe that, of course, because I, you know, growing up in the UK, Oasis being a, a UK band and they were huge and so on. I, that never entered my mind. I, mean, I, I, I believe they're in the States, aren't they? So it may have been different over there. I'm not sure, Max. Well, I mean, I don't actually mind the Mark Flowers Pops. It, of, of its time, it mm. worked, I suppose, because it was different. It was kooky. I wouldn't listen to it now. It's not like one I'd go and search out on, on Spotify or anything like that. Uh, but I I believe that that may be Mason's pick, and Graham actually is the big uh, uh, crazy frog fan. So you reckon, and he's just trying to hide it, hide the yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah, just pin the blame on his on his kid, which is Graham. That's deplorable. It's terrible, disgusting. I'm 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 shocked and stunned. And I I'm I'm ashamed we share a network with him. First of all, for cool. for pinning the blame on his son, and then second of all, for lacking Crazy Frog. Graham, you should be disgusted in yourself. I may have to, honestly, Matt, I may have to just pause the recording and take a minute. I'm that enraged. <laughs> yeah. You just you want know? to sh- scream into the microphone. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to power on for the sake of our listeners and for the sake of Mason. Who, from your memory. Yeah, I'm going to ca- carry on. his ridiculous takes. Exactly, exactly. We shall carry on for Mason, who's obviously <laughs> being framed by his old man now. Yes. Uh, Ricky and Clive wrestling show at Ricky and Clive. Our good buddies there. Thank you again for interacting fellas. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and also the episode recently where it was a solo podcast. I got the utmost respect. I listened to that whole show, the utmost respect for anyone who can do that on their own. It, it the idea blows my mind. So I really enjoyed listening to that. It was a great show. Anyone who's not listened to the Ricky and Clive wrestling show, Go and check it out. Find them on Twitter. There'll be links to their shows there. It's well worth it. It's, it's a great podcast. Two uh, great guys as well. I've been on their show uh, numbers of times, and they've been on shows that I've been involved in. Two absolutely great guys. Great senses of, of humour. Uh, just really good to chat with them. Um, probably my favourite Scottish people in the world, maybe. Fair enough. Um, Clive, this is, because it's got a little C next to it. Uh, it says, Baker Street covered by the Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, I can't say I'm re- I re- really remember that one, but any cover of Baker Street is usually a banger. Mm. Um, and the last one that I've, I've got record of here that came to us via Twitter, again, if I have missed any, I am hugely apologetic. I really appreciate everyone messaging the show. Um, this is 
Casanova Camera at the Nova of Cass on Twitter. Uh, says he is a fan of Head Like a Hole, as done by Devo. Um, okay. Baby One More Time, as done by the Zappa Brothers. I, I wow. know the song, but I'm not familiar, obviously, with, with that. No, I've, I've, I don't think I've heard either of those, but there'll certainly be some I'll, uh, I'll definitely go and look out for. Yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, Something that came to my attention yesterday is that one of my... One of my favourite songs um, uh, by a, a band I absolutely adore, Kiss, is from. I, I very much love Kiss when they took the makeup off in the mid eighties because it's the cheesy pop, big hair kind of over the topness sort of Motley Crue esque glam metal, I suppose. And that's the, that's right on my street as well. They released a song called "Tears Are Falling," and it's got a wonderful, silly, crazy, stupid video with it. <laughs> I I put that on. Uh, when I was looking into covers and so on myself, I, I was playing that. And it actually came up as a cover. And I had no idea about this. Oh, wow. So, And this is a bit of a funny one. Because, I, I, again, I, I love this record. I've been playing it for as long as I can remember. I, I went and looked it up. It's actually Tears Are Falling is a song by uh, Bonnie Tyler. But the really? funny, Yeah, yeah. The funny twist is, though, it was written <laughs> by Paul Stanley from Kiss. So Paul Stanley from Kiss wrote this song. Again, I found all this out yesterday. That's this is yeah, this is all it is. Um Paul Stanley from Kiss wrote this song. Bonnie Tyler recorded it. It didn't chart anywhere other than Finland, but it still appears on like her best of albums and all this sort of stuff and compilation CDs and that. And then Kiss released it themselves as part of their I think it's Hot in the Shade album that they released in 88-ish. And it was a big hit for Kiss. So it's weird because it's like it's like a cover version of a song he's written, I suppose. That's that's very much like cover inception almost. Yeah. Yeah, really strange. Really strange. But um yeah, there we go. Is you got any more to add to that then, Mags? Or I think this can be a topic that we can revisit uh a number of times. There's just so many like really cool covers and so many really kind of ridiculous ones um i will throw another one out though and i'm gonna have to actually check my spotify to find out uh exactly who covered it but um i'm quite a big gamer um and there's a a game that series that i really enjoy called um the witcher um and they um they made a netflix tv program of the game uh but that's got a, a theme song that uh, that has been covered uh, by a, a, an artist called Dan. Uh, I, I want to say Vasak, and it's kind of like a metal version of a of a, of the the theme tune. Now the theme tune is like is kind of like a, in a, the bard style. The guy singing it has got like a lute, um, and it's it's kind of like um um like. What kind of era would you call it? Almost like like the era of like of, of fairies and pixies and stuff like that. Well, this guy Dan Vac does a uh, Dan Vasak does a a really cool kind of heavy rock kind of metal uh, remix of it, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's quality. It was for a long time just number one in my Spotify play rotation. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely go and check that one out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... 
very quickly, the Ultimate Warrior and Phil Collins. The song was actually Two Hearts, not what I what I thought it was earlier. Just come to me now. Um, just sort of, still, I'm still going to watch it. it yeah, I, no, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you the link. It is very, very funny. It is very, very funny. Ultimate Warrior duetting with Phil Collins. Not that he does much singing, but yeah. Ultimate Warrior duetting with Phil Collins. I'd love it if there was other wrestlers duetting with other 80s pop icons you know like hulk hogan singing with i don't know whitney houston or something randomly uh, or i mean we we did get the rock getting a, a number three hit with a whack of john one time yeah yeah that's true that happened yeah it did it did, <laughs> indeed, it did indeed um Okay, again, thank you very, very much to everybody for getting in contact with the show, whether that's on the Twitter or Facebook, obviously predominantly Twitter. You can find us on both at chain underscore wrestling, and it's hugely, hugely appreciated. As is everyone who voted in this week's poll, and the winner of the poll was X-Pac versus Tajiri from SummerSlam 2001. Um, It was... It was behind for quite a while, to be honest. Um, and I think it was literally in the last 90 minutes or so. There was a few votes that flew in and, and it, it jumped ahead and by 52% won the poll. But, but, you know, again, plenty of people voting and retweeting. So thank you to everyone for that. Um, that was your selection there, Mags. So, yeah. Should we have a little look at it now? Let's do it, sir. Hi. Yes, it's me, Benny, the voiceover guy. I'm back. I'm still owed money from Cyan Mags, as mentioned last time, but I've been assured it will be all sorted soon. So I agreed to do another voiceover here for Chain Wrestling. <laughs> However, I do not believe Cyan Mags at all. So knowing how amateur they are and how they won't listen to this before putting it on their show, I have decided to throw the script away. We interrupt your regular broadcast to bring you this important news book. Come join me on my podcast, One More Match, a wrestling podcast. One More Match with Benny Mac dives into WWE matches from the past and present, from the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's go for One More Match. You can follow me on Twitter at One More Match. That's one, number one, One More Match Pod. Give it a follow, and I'll see you there. That's the bottom line, because Okay, it's um, coming, as I said, from SummerSlam 2001. And this is in the the peak era, I suppose, the, right in the middle of the whole invasion storyline with the alliance of ECW and WCW and uh, Shane and Stephanie McMahon owning those companies, supposedly going up against the WWF to try and put them out of business. Um, yeah, it, it's and it's title versus title here, isn't it? So you've got Tajiri, who is the WWF light heavyweight champion, and X Pac, who is the WCW cruiserweight champion. But I believe they're both WWF wrestlers, aren't they? They're not, neither of them are alliance, are they? Uh, no, uh, uh, X Pac was uh, was was certainly WWF, and um, Tajiri had, had, had been brought in when uh, ECW had folded, and he was kind of like the the comic shtick with uh, William Regal, who was the commissioner at that time. Um, so yeah, they were both essentially uh, on the same side, but battling for uh, two. Well, no, th- this match was actually just for the one title. Um, 
to so just to go into a little bit of the history, um, X Pac had, had won the uh, WCW uh, Cruiserweight title from I think it was Billy Kidman, and then he'd also won the um, the light heavyweight title from Jeff Hardy, but then he dropped that to Tajira in a in a, uh, on a raw and this was kind of like the rematch uh, to to kind of realign those those titles yeah very much so and it, they, they explained it as title versus title and stuff like that didn't they so it, even though only one title was actually on the line yeah yeah again brilliant brilliant stuff wwe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the event comes to us from the San Jose Center in San Jose, California. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the last SummerSlam under the WWF banner because of the name change when Vince lost a scrap with a panda and he had to alter the name of his company. Mm-hmm. Um, any any pay-per-view from around this time, Mags, I really, really like. I, I, I was well into the product at this stage, even though we yeah. didn't get the invasion angle the WCW versus WWF thing that we really wanted for various reasons, which we can go into on another show. We, I still really enjoyed what we were getting here. There's so many great matches and, and great storylines happening mm-hmm. in this stacked roster at this time, isn't there? Yeah, and I think the invasion angle gets a gets a quite a lot of stick. Uh, I think uh, WWE or WWF at the time did an admirable job with what they had. Uh, you've got to remember at this time, uh, we were hot off uh, going into WrestleMania uh, 17, which would end up being everybody's favourite WrestleMania or, or the majority of people's favourite WrestleMania. So Vince was juggling a hell of a lot of balls at the same time and for him to be able to pull off um, WrestleMania and then the the kind of uh, the, the purchase of WCW, keep that storyline going uh, well into uh, the end of the year. Um, yeah, it fizzled out a little bit, but I think he he, he deserves a lot of uh, praise for for giving us really interesting and, and kind of a lot of dream matches in this uh, in this run, especially knowing that the majority of the big name stars all sat at home on massive uh, Time Warner paychecks. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to remember as well, it was around this time that the original XFL was kicking off as well, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. else they had to to contend with and obviously it wasn't going well when it did start so that's another headache i suppose for the higher ups there um when i put this pay-per-view on um i'll be honest i expected this match to be much earlier in the card than it was so i literally just pressed play and sat there and waited i ended up skipping a couple of matches to get to it but i caught the beginning of the show now we've got a great open with a brilliant video uh, um with a guy sat in what looks like a kind of mental health institute of some description um, and let the bodies hit the floor by drowning pool is playing. And it, it just straight away took me back to that time. Yeah. You know, that, that era of WWF, that the brilliant use of music. And it took me back to um, crackers nightclub in Gloucester as well, because <laughs> on a, on a Saturday night, they would do a rock night and it was literally the only place in Gloucester you could go that played rock music, mate. It it was the only place and it was underneath a car park and it was really small, dingy little place and you'd walk in and I mean, they they literally tore it down like last year. It's been empty for yonks and they tore it down last year and it's quite sad because I spent many, many evenings in there and uh, it was Saturday afternoons, you'd have strippers in there in the afternoon and it was 
They, they, it was dog fun. It was terrible. And then in the evening, you'd have rock night on a Saturday. And you'd go in, and the floor was sticky, and the place stank. And you could buy... Um, you could buy cans over the over the bar and oh, they let you walk around. Those are the classiest joints. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all it was like literally one room. You had like a little mini dance floor in the middle, and then like almost like a donut around the outside of it was where people could sit, or they had a couple of pool tables tucked away. And then you had as it approached the toilets at the back, it would go up a little bit, so it was sort of like halfway up again, uh, and that's where you'd go and have a joint. Uh, and it was just it was just a fantastic place. So many great memories there. But the reason Drowning Pool takes me back there is because you could almost guess, or, or you, well, you could almost not, not necessarily guess, you could estimate and I'll probably get it right, what time it was in the evening and night. I mean, this place stayed open until silly o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You could almost guess what time it was by what record they were playing because I swear to God they only had one freaking rock playlist. So, <laughs> and just, just press play on, on the Spotify list and, and then just piss off. <laughs> yeah, well, they were before Spotify. But yeah, similar sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, this is... Um, I mean, so I, if, if Drowning Pool by... Sorry, if, if Let the Body Set the Floor by Drowning Pool was playing, you'd probably think, oh, okay, it's about one o'clock-ish, I might go get a kebab, mate, without having to actually look at your watch. You know, it's that kind of... <laughs> but all, Quality. Also, at the beginning of this event, man, there's, there's pyro, there's signs, mm-hmm. there's there's jumpy camera angles that I don't actually mind. There's people in the crowd yelling and getting excited. You've got Jim Ross and, and sorry, Jim Ross and uh, Paul Heyman on commentary. Oh, I bloody loved it, Mags. It's a, it's such a good pay-per-view. Really, really. And then you get the, the opener of uh, Landstorm and Edge, which yeah. is a banger. Yeah. I watched that again. It was good. It was good, man. Um, both, X-Pac and obviously Tajiri, as we mentioned, are, are champions of, I suppose, separate branches of the same division, I guess. Mm-hmm. They both come to the ring with their championship belts. And I could, I, I, I love title belts and I love looking at pictures and looking at old belts and so on. And I love both of these titles. I thought they were great. What, what, what do you think about these these championship belts, Max? Yeah, the Cruiserweight uh, title, the WCW one, is one of my favourite WCW titles. It's it's so classy, really uh, quality. I think for, for me, the La Heavyweight was was probably not on the same uh, level of it. I thought it was a little bit too um, squared off almost. It, it kind of didn't fit um, like the, the theme of WWE titles around that time. Uh, but looking back at it now, it, it kind of has a, uh, a reminiscent of, of the current NXT UK uh, title for me. Yeah, the shape of it's very similar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, quite, it's quite, quite, quite a bit of plainness to it, I guess. Quite a bit of space. Yeah. on, And it almost reminds me in a way, and I, I said this on an episode of, of my other show, um, SG, SJP Wrestling Podcast. I apologise, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been David Eaton because we were discussing um, a pay-per-view from, from 2000, so you probably had the light heavyweight title involved there. But it, it came across very much like, almost like an old-school territory belt. Mm-hmm. Like you could have, you could have imagined that in Memphis or World Class or something like that. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, it kind of did. And I think uh, going tracing like the lineage of this title back, it, that makes a lot of sense because it was like held by quite a few people from different uh, territories and different companies, even though they were, it was an officially WWF title. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that does make a lot of sense actually. Now you say that, yeah, good shout. Um, 
they mentioned that this is going to be, or Jim Ross, sorry, mentions this is going to be the last WWF pay-per-view on direct TV. Um, I picked up on that straight away and I thought, how ironic that, uh, that WrestleMania is now on Peacock. I thought that's uh, uh, something that I didn't, I didn't remember from the time, but I thought it's just a, a, a cool little throwback almost. I made a note of that, so I would actually go and look into it a little bit to have a bit more information about what, what they're on about there. And le- I'm guessing they're leaving a pay-per-view provider, but I'm not going to lie. I made the note and completely forgot I made the note until I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. So I've done literally no research or looking into that whatsoever, I'm afraid. In, in yeah, a... This was from a time before WWE basically did their own all their own work uh, and, and put it on the network. This is where you had to fold up a... Uh, or or contact a provider who would give you the paper. You kind of like you used to have to do with Sky or with uh, with with uh, Virgin or BT Sport stuff like that. Uh, now it's it's easy. You just sign up to the network for for ten pound and get all the papers you want. Yeah, exactly. For now, you know. For, for now, now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're gonna start having things edited in this country, you know. So, well, that that's the rumor. The rumour is that WWE are taking the lead from uh, NBC and Peacock and are looking to edit a lot of uh, a lot of their uh, older programming, which I understand the reason why because it's there's a lot of kind of cringy and a lot of uh, stuff that um, at the time may have, have felt like it, it worked, but right now it's uh, yeah it's, it's it's quite jarring to watch but i've always been uh of, of the view and i think disney uh do a quite a similar thing of uh they they put up a, like um um a message before you watch uh anything on disney plus it says this was uh this show was from such and such a year and 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 thoughts and and, and attitudes have changed and um this, just bear in mind that this was of its time, uh, where I think with WWE trying to kind of almost delete history, um, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it because if you if you kind of forget about history, you you're almost doomed to repeat it. Uh, and I think it's uh, it'll be it'll be hard to to not be able to go back and look at where a company's gone wrong or where kind of mindsets have changed and and they've deleted it. I don't I don't I don't get that that kind of mindset. No, it does seem a bit odd. I mean, putting a putting like a a disclaimer or some sort of warning beforehand would make so much sense. Mm-hmm. And having almost like you could even have additional pin numbers for for people's kids not to sort of go into sections yeah. that they shouldn't do. And I mean, like you put a program on on the on demand at home, and if it was in, or a recording that you've made at like ten o'clock at night, if it was like you know you're putting it on in the afternoon, you got to enter your pin to watch it for for that. So you know it's um. There's ways around it. I mean, yeah. literally just putting a little disclaimer on, like, you know, pops up WrestleMania, I don't know, WrestleMania 1, and it's like, this was originally filmed in, what, 1985 when it was okay to have a, a, a big orange racist as your champion or whatever, yeah. you know, th- that sort of thing. You can you, uh, just don't trash what everyone loves and take away the, the potential to look back, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, there's uh, a lot of stuff that you look back now on and it's it's absolutely... Uh, cringy to watch. I mean, all the the kind of nation versus uh, nation of domination versus DX stuff when uh, um, X Pac did blackface and and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 abhorrent now, 
but I think if you delete it, you kind of uh, you kind of deleting the fact that WWE have, have made these strides, and then you look at the stuff like ECW with all that, like the hardcore, the blood, the sex, the violence. You're going to lose big kind of like chunks of of a wrestling history. Um, and um, people are just not going to be able to to watch what what perhaps brought them into wrestling in the first place. We might see like a resurgence in like DVDs or something, I suppose. Yeah, tape trading. Get all get all the content recorded now on DVDs from the network. Uh, you'll make a killing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was convinced when the WWF went from WWF to WWE that there was all this stuff and like I'd read in magazines and that that the videos were going to be like in trouble because they couldn't have the WWF logos on. I ended up buying into it and spending a bloody fortune on WWF videos. Right? Not thinking I was going to sell them on or anything like that, just for my own personal collection, thinking, oh shit, yeah. I, might, I might not be able to get these. I bought freaking tons of them, mags, And it turned out that I didn't actually need to do that at all. So, no, because so, they struck a deal for yeah. like any historical program to to be able to still have the logo. So yeah. you, you, got, you got your pants pulled down there, man. Yes, standard <laughs> practice. Um, we have a very quick start to this match, as you can mm-hmm. imagine, because y- y- you can expect Tajiri versus X-Pac halfway through a pay-per-view of this size isn't going to probably get a great deal of time. And both of these guys are incredibly talented. What, what did he get? Seven minutes, maybe? Seven, yeah. eight minutes? Um, yeah. And these were two of probably... Um, the, the better um, kind of light uh, wrestlers. I mean, X-Pac is, is kind of, an, for me, he's a, a, an anomaly in wrestling because he's six foot two, but he's, he's got the frame of, of, a, of a lightweight. It's as simple as that. And he can do, uh, he can hang with the bigger wrestlers, but also can still do the, the stuff that the smaller wrestlers could do. So he's got like the, the best of both worlds. And, and for me, Tajiri was, was so good in this era. Um, it just, it, it was, for someone who didn't speak a lot of English, he was really charismatic. Uh, some of the moves that he, he brought to the table was stuff that I'd never really seen a lot of. Uh, stuff like the tarantula, uh, the the buzz kick. Um, I thought that these two were two really underappreciated wrestlers. And I think X-Pac around this time, was this was when he was really getting uh, the X-Pac heat kind of a... Uh, um, stuff like um, thrown at him, uh, but I, I, I really enjoyed watching both these two guys. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really good match as well. And we start with a couple of moonsaults from Tajiri, don't we? One in the ring, just a standing moonsault, then one from the ropes to the outside. Absolutely, yep. absolutely beautiful moonsaults. Um, you mentioned the tarantula there. Does that hurt? I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand it, it. It looks flashy, but if you if you break it down, it probably doesn't hurt. Pretty much like the uh, the uh, surfboard that uh, X Pac does on on Tajiri a couple of times in this match. They don't. They, it doesn't look like it hurts, but it, it looks flashy, I suppose. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, tarantula. I, I, what are your thoughts on spiders, Max? You scared of spiders? You got any problems with spiders? <laughs> They don't bother me whatsoever. I've got a couple of spider tattoos. Uh, the missus cannot stand them. 
I even this is this is how bad she is for spiders. I can do the spider movement with my hand, and she knows it's my hand. She can see it's my hand, but she'll freak out like it's a spider. <laughs> Brilliant! Arrows are fun, mate. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it is. It's so so funny. It's best when she don't know, and you do it, and then you'll like crawl, and she'll she'll jump about six foot in the air because she thinks it's a spider. See, I'm not, I'm not as bothered by them now. I don't know. I don't like them. You know, um, it's, it, you know the big meaty bastards. You know the ones. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm not a fan. I've, I've also got another spider story. Uh, Go I on was then. once work, I was once working in um, uh, a factory that shipped a lot of uh, products from China. Um, they they worked in kind of like security uh, bags. So, you know, like if you've got a secure mail, you'd like zip the bag up and then you could lock the bag and stuff like that. So the, a lot of the products were made in China. Anyway, my, part of my job was to kind of like unbox all these uh, these packages uh, and find where they, they were to be put in the store and put them, put them there. So anyway, I opened this this box once, and uh, I'm there un- unpacking all these different kind of sizes of, of security bags. Uh, lift one up, and then there's this, and I'm not even kidding. It was the size of my hand. This massive, massive spider. Um, anyway, it reared its its front legs at me. So I tried to stamp on it, and because it was in a factory, you're wearing um, steel toe cap boots. Mm-hmm. But here we go, uh, one big squash spider. The spider took the, the 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 boot from me and and survived and then lunged at me. It was fucking ginormous, absolutely ginormous. Um, I've never, like I said, spiders don't bother me, but I've never been that terrified of a of an insect in my life. It was huge. Uh, we ended up uh, crushing it with a, I think it was with a fire extinguisher. Jesus, That's honestly, horrible. it was it was massive. It was the literally the size of a hand. When you said that the spider took the boot from you, for some reason my thought, actually, my mind actually went like to wearing it, it took the, boot. the boot. Yeah, it took the boot off you. No, I tried yeah. to stamp on the spider, uh, expecting and to it no sold it. it. It not only no sold it, it, it angered the spider. It pissed the spider off. It hulked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it flipped me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it weren't having it. It hulked up, sort of just doing, going around you in circles, shaking its front arms. <laughs> This this incredible monster spider, and then it picked you know. You say it it, it, it took the boot, it picked your leg, put you in the ankle lock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it was the Hulk Hogan of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> I got a bit. Of, I got a spider story, but it's, it's it's traumatic for me as a kid looking back, mate. Um, I don't know if I've told the story before on the show. If I have, I apologise, but I can't remember. I can't see why it would have come up to be honest. But um, like I said, I'm okay with spiders now, purely because I'm a dad. I've got. So I got you know several daughters. My wife's not a fan, so it kind of falls on me to be the the person who gets rid of the spiders from the bedrooms and so on. So when you have to do it, or you're not getting any sleep because the girls are screaming, you kind of end up just having to do it, don't you? <laughs> so I'm okay with it. You know, again, these big meaty ones, I'm not a fan of, but I still go and deal with it. Um, when I was very little, age wise, I don't know. I'd have to check with my parents, but um, I got up to go to the loo. In the middle, of, not in the middle of the night, but late for me because I was very young. It was evening time. Um, I had my pajamas on and so on. Um, probably street hawk pajamas I had at that time. That's how, that's how young <laughs> I was. At that time. I had some street hawk pajamas. Oh, that's a a great back. Yeah, and I remember you know putting my 
bottoms down as you do, sitting down to uh, take my evening dump and um, finishing up, sorting myself out. I stood up, looked down. There's a fucking great spider in the crotch of my pajama bottoms. Oh Jesus, that's arachnophobia style. Like uh, again, in my head now, this thing was like the size of the Hulk Hogan spider that you're talking about. <laughs> that's probably been exaggerated over time. You know, this thing was freaking huge. Of course, I'm screaming and jumping up and down. So all that happens is the spider goes down the trouser leg, and I'm I'm screaming. And of course, me and mum and dad come running up the stairs, wanting to know what's going on. Strip the bloody jammer bottoms off me and get shot of the spider and whatnot. But that was it then. I I was traumatized, mate. I'd get into bed and think there's spiders at the bottom of the bed and I, I wouldn't put shoes on and I was traumatized for like days and days and days, you know? So yeah, that's my wonderful spider in the pants story. And and now you need to book some therapy. I think I do, mate. No, I'm just bringing it up. I'm talking to you about it now. <laughs> I can feel emotions coming out that haven't happened, you know, for a long time. Stirring <laughs> something inside me, you know, it's therapeutic, this show. Do you know what I mean? It is. It certainly is. It is indeed. Um, anyway, back to some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Tajiri does a tarantula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does not end up in my pants or under your boot. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, on the note of wrestling moves, actually, or not so great wrestling moves, the Bronco Buster. I hate that move. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes no sense to me. Uh, who wants x Pac's dick in the face? I mean... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I did, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, not 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 good, not good. And it it just makes me cringe. It's one of those moments where if somebody walks in who's not a fan and they see that, it's yeah. just embarrassing. It's idiotic, and I I don't get what it actually does because if you're sat in the middle of the ro- if you're sat in the corner, it it doesn't do any damage to, to you, does it? Really? No, it's a it's a weird move. Uh, but he got it over, I suppose. Yeah, Rey Mysterio does it as well, doesn't he? I just don't like it at all. No, it, it, it's one of those kind of nonsensical things about wrestling. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, we got some very clever pin attempts from both. Um, mm-hmm. To Jerry with a sort of really unusual... Oh, it almost ends up being a backslide as he ties up the guy's arms and rolls around on the deck. Yeah, but, Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, and again, they fit so much into this seven and a bit minutes. Yeah, uh, it, everything is so fast, but it's so crisp as well, isn't it? Yeah, and and I like the way as well that after every kind of like big spot, the crowd was popping for Tajiri. Uh, when he did the the baseball slide and then the uh, the assay moonsault off the second rope to the outside, the crowd were eating it up. Um, it, it, it was so so popular. Um, and then it gets, for me, kind of gets ruined when Albert gets involved. Oh, in yeah. And I understand why Albert was involved, obviously being uh, part of X Factor uh, and and being on the, 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 the side of, of x Pat. But for me, this match was going really, really well. It was a, a very kind of like entertaining uh, middle of a pay-per-view kind of like a palate cleanser of a match. And then out comes Albert. Uh, gets uh, the red mist in his face and 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 then causes the the finish when um, X Pac does the the X Factor and uh, and beats the and becomes a a double champion. Yeah, yeah. This it is a shame that he comes out and, and does that, but I suppose 
Well, it's WWF. These things happen all the time, don't they, I guess? Yeah. Um, yeah. Before that moment, in the few minutes they had, I really, really enjoyed it, Max. Um, mm-hmm. We'd normally yep. rate things out of 10 here. Do you want to go Do you want to go first or second, mate? Well, um, just before I do that, I wanted to kind of like give a little bit of context because this is actually a really important match in in uh, in like the history of the the, the WF lightweight title. Oh yeah, of course. It's, sure. the, it's the actual last match that you see this title on a pay per view. Mm. Uh, after this, uh, um, uh, X Pac goes and loses the WCW cruiserweight title to Billy Kidman. Uh, but unfortunately, picks up a bit of an injury, uh, and then has to like kind of like uh, take a bit of time off. And by the time he's come back, uh, WWE F have, have kind of like uh, dissolved the the live weight titles. So, uh, outside a few kind of house show uh, um, uh, events, you don't really see this title again. And then uh, you don't see a lot of X Pac until he comes back when the uh, NWO is reformed in, in WWE and he's part of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's funny, isn't it? How these titles kind of come and go and mm-hmm. yeah. And you, you look at some of it, like the European titles around this time as well, wasn't it? I love that belt and it was, it seemed important on some yeah. occasions and then other occasions, not so much. And then it just kind of disappeared and they tried to get rid of the IC title the following year. And just strange, isn't it? How things like this happen. Yep, and then you then you go across to New Japan, and they've uh, amalgamated their their two biggest titles, and they've made one of the probably the worst looking titles in in recent memory. It's not great, is it? No, it, it looks uh, the comparisons to the women's divas title. Uh, I just can't unsee it anymore. It just mm. looks like a a butterfly. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a shame because you look back at the lineage of this uh, this lightweight talent. It's been held by some some really big names, uh, and for it to just kind of like peter out and 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 kind of like just be brushed under the carpet and, and not given like a, a cool send off, it's a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... I, I think for me this is a this is a solid seven. It's mm. it, I, I enjoyed what they did. The ending wasn't great. It was very short. I'd like to maybe another five minutes or so. But yeah, okay, quite short. Maybe a six and a half then for me. Yeah, um, I, I can see your reasoning. Um, I think that may be a bit too much for me just because of, of of the things you mentioned the fact that it was so short i'd have liked to have seen these guys get another five ten minutes uh the fact that it ended with uh, the way it did um, with albert that that kind of for me took the wind out of the sails of this match and i thought that um it really kind of like negated all the good work that they were doing and the the, the kind of like the the crowd uh, uh appreciation that they were getting so I think I'd go for a six, no more than a six. Okay. I think. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Slight difference, but not much. Um, the last match that, well, either of us gave a six was the Austin and Rock versus NWO handicap match way back on episode three. My little reliable spreadsheet shows me here. God, I'm clever, and I look at that. Look at me using technology, mags. <laughs> hey, look at that. Um, <laughs> this is a guy who invented uh, having a mobile phone and having it attached to the wall 
He's just such a clever guy. Internet attached to the wall. Brilliant. Yeah, that's it, mate. Well, it works. Look, it's working now. It's great. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does work. Um, okay, I suppose what's left is for us to decide where we're going next week. So okay. the fantastic people on Twitter can vote at chain underscore wrestling there for the polls. Um, Mags, do you want to go first or second, my friend? I'll go first. Um, so, um, as I mentioned, this was uh, the kind of the end of the line for the lightweight title and also um, one of the last times you'd see X-Pac until he would be back as part of the NWO. Now, if you remember the NWO from its uh, beginnings, uh, X-Pac was, was in there uh, from uh, pretty early on in the NWO. He was kind of like the the, the WCW Cruiserweight uh, member for, for the NWO. Um, so I wanted to, to keep on that NWO theme, um, and I was actually going to go with maybe um, the, the the way the, the NWO started. I wanted I thought we'd visit uh, Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety six, and that uh, that uh, six man uh, match that actually ended up being uh, essentially four on two uh, for the hostile takeover match. But then I thought, you know what? That's a little bit too obvious. So I wanted to revisit something that we've uh, spoke about quite a few times uh, uh, over the the times that we've done uh, podcasting together, Simon, and uh, I wanted to revisit War Games. Ooh. Now, uh, in Fall Brawl 1997, the NWO was involved in in War Games, and uh, X-Pac was also involved in that. So that's the the very tenuous link to this this match. Uh, so I'm going to go with the main event from Fall World 1997, and it was the NWO, which was uh, Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, uh, Six, uh, aka X-Pac, and Conan, and they uh, took on the Four Horsemen, who were stalwarts of the, the War Games matches, uh, with Benoit, uh, Mongo McMichael, Ric Flair, and uh, the former Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. That's a great shape. I love WCW. I love the NWO. I, I'm a, I love the Horsemen. I mean, love War Games. That's that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's an absolutely great shape. That is. That's an excellent, excellent choice. Um, yeah. Okay. That's great. So, four brawl '97, the War Games match between the NWO and the Four Horsemen. Yeah, brilliant shape, Max. Excellent stuff. Do not mind losing to that if that's what happens. Mate. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> well, we shall see. Okay. Um, yeah, well, basically, mine's gone a, diff- a slightly different route um, using Tajiri initially. Uh, obviously, he was in the WWF and then WWE for a few years, um, d- different periods. He-, he was there initially as an enhancement talent um, before this period and departed and-, and then came back and, and wrestled in the cruiserweight division, the tag divisions uh, and so on. Um, with Tajiri, though, despite being around in his second run for quite a few years, he was there for a while, Max, wasn't he? Sort of the, into the ruthless aggression era, as it's called. He was still hanging around a little bit then, wasn't he? Uh, um, I think he was there about eight years, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he had a good run, and he was in many different feuds and sometimes comedy segments, uh, excellent matches. I mean, the guy was just brilliant, I thought. But he never actually won a match at WrestleMania. Believe okay. it or not. Well, you probably can believe it. I mean, it's Tajiri. It's not like yeah. it, 
he's not the undertaker no exactly Exactly. (laughs) he never actually won a match at wrestlemania which is a shame i suppose for someone who's who's been with the company for quite a few years and he, he worked a great deal of matches for them um but yeah, he, he never got the job done at WrestleMania. Um, someone else who couldn't get the job done at WrestleMania was Hulk Hogan. And he had to call in his friend, the Ultimate Warrior, to help him save the world at SummerSlam 1991. So I'm thinking, Mags, that's where we might go next week, mate. You're going to milk this forever, aren't you? This, you're going to now change your mind and say, yeah, we're not going there. Well... <laughs> No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, let's see how that develops next week. We're going to... Uh, so we're actually... I killed Hulkamania, but here he is, rising his, his ugly, bold, orange head again. Oh, mate, it's not, about, it's not about Hogan. It's about Phil Collins' partner in crime. It's about oh. the warrior, because Hogan couldn't get the job done. Hogan couldn't save the world. He needed to call in the warrior, and they had to sort it out so much time, didn't they? So... In a match, Dave Meltzer rates worse than the WrestleMania 7 one. So there's something for us to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sword of Damocles hanging over our heads forever. <laughs> um, what I'm actually going to do is a lot more straightforward. And it's funny you mention war games um, because that's obviously a multi-man match and fantastic stipulation and very historic. Lots of great matches there. I'm going to use the arena, the San Jose arena, where SummerSlam 2001 was. I'm going to go back a few years to another pay-per-view that was held in that arena. And that was the Royal Rumble 1998 pay-per-view. And I'm actually going to choose the Royal Rumble match itself. Now, my reasoning behind that isn't because it's a rumble and they can be great fun to watch and, and sometimes a bit daft or whatever. This is 1998 Royal Rumble. We all know who wins. We all know who, what happens at WrestleMania 14 that year. This to me is very much the, 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 the big explosion of, okay, the Austin era is here. He was getting pushed beforehand. Of course he won the world title at WrestleMania 14, but this this rumble performance by Austin with you know, the corporation or McMahon's sort of henchmen or gunning for him and so on is it, I think it's a great performance by Steve Austin. So I'm going to put forward the actual rumble itself with a view also of if that wins, that opens up so many possibilities for where we could go the week after Mags. Well, yeah. Cause you've got dozens of uh, rumbles. You've got 30 entrants in, in the match. Um, you've got people who, who went and won rumbles and went on to WrestleMania. Yeah, it gives a a lot of a a lot of a kind of scope for 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 uh, where we go. And to be fair, I would happily rewatch this Royal Rumble because uh, the 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 two ninety seven ninety eight rumbles uh, are two of my favourites. See, that's it. Ninety eight. I know I've enjoyed. I know I enjoyed, but I've not seen it in such a long time. Which is kind wow. of why, kind of why I lent towards towards picking it because I thought I wouldn't mind going back and watching that again because it has been so long since I've watched it. So yeah, yeah. So there we go. Two multi-person. Yeah, um, we have the excellent four brawl '97 War Games match between the NWO and the Four Horsemen. It's it's a brilliant snippet of what's going on in WCW at that time um, with. 
two factions that are historically really important uh, and it's a great contest or we have the war rumble match itself from 1998 and it really kicking off fully for mr austin um yeah i guess that is it then mags i'll uh, dig out the um, ultimate warrior singing with phil collins <laughs> and, and get the link sent across to you i will tag it on the end of this episode for people to see as well if they have not seen it it is an excellent excellent thing to behold uh, mags do i let people know whereabouts they can find you on twitter bud Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at DAJ Kirkby, where uh, links to all the content that I am involved in uh, will be there. Uh, one thing I do want to give a, a very quick shout out to is uh, a, a little WrestleMania project I've been involved in uh, over on Chairshot with uh, with the likes of, of Ray Cash, uh, um, Chris Platt and PC Tony, where they've been taking WrestleManias in blocks of six and kind of like giving a, a review of them all leading all the way up to uh, this weekend's um, uh, extravaganza, I suppose is the best way to put it. But uh, yeah, uh, it'd, be, it'd be really cool if you went to check them out because it's been a, a genuine labour of love for us all. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, and you can find me at sjp words and you can also find the show on twitter of course at chain underscore wrestling where you can listen to our stuff um let us know what you think of the show keep interacting we love it it's fantastic this show would not be anywhere near as much fun for mags and i if you were not involved this is very Absolutely. much very much your show this is what we're trying to make happen it's, it's very much the people who listen and the people who tweet in and so on it's very much your show the poll will be up uh, probably around the same time as the Ultimate Warrior Phil Collins video, sometime within <laughs> the, the next hour to a day after the the episode goes up, it tends to work quite well that way. So look out for that. Yeah, and that's Chain underscore Wrestling. Um, I'm off now to seek out the famous Earthquake single with Shaken Stevens. Mags, I will speak to you next week, my friend. Yep, speak to you next week. Jesus Christ, Shaken Stevens. Hey, that wrong with a bit of shaky, mate. Yeah, I mean, when they did a song called Green Door, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lovely bit of shaky. I'll speak to you next week, pal. <laughs> See you later. Da-da. Green Door, watch that secret you're looking